Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad that you joined the podcast today. Glad you hit that play button and you're joining me today in this conversation. And just so thankful for this time together. Time is such an important commodity. It is, it is really probably the most important commodity we possess as people. And as men, we definitely need to be good, uh, good stewards of our time. Uh, it only spins once. And so your time here is extremely valuable to me and to our family and to our ministry. So we have prayed over you. We have prayed over this podcast and prayed over every listener who would ever watch a video or press the play button on their you know, podcast platform. And so just know, we may not know your name, but we have covered you in prayer, and we're glad you're joining us today. And if you were with me last week, we launched into a, a new conversation, I'm, I might say, a new study together. And we are looking at um, kingdom finances, you know, as men, um, leaders in our marriage, leaders in our home, um, leaders of our own lives as men, we need to know what the Bible has to say about finances. And stewardship is huge to God. And it's one of the things, if you read Luke 16, he gave a parable about a steward who was um, <clears throat> basically caught embezzling. Give you a quick summary of it. And when he was found to be embezzling, his master said, I want you to give an account of your stewardship. Well, when he realized that, he immediately then went to the people that he'd been doing business with, and he started cutting deals and uh, with money that wasn't his to cut deals with. And so very shrewd. And uh, he started cutting deals, and he started cutting in half, you know, say, hey, you owe my master this much, uh, cut the number in half. So he went to like three different people. And he started cutting deals. Well, then when he gave an account to his master, it's interesting, the Lord, who's telling the story, he actually commended the unjust steward. And because he said, for the children of this age many times are wiser than the children of light. Now, you might be saying, how can he be commending him? He was unjust. He was stealing. He was embezzling. And then whenever he was caught, he went and stole more, basically, by cutting deals, creating favor for his future, because that was the deal. He was thinking survival. He was thinking, man, I need to think ahead, because when this job is done, I can I can at least call back maybe in some favors that I have granted. So here's the thing. Wisdom looks ahead. Wisdom doesn't just make a decision that's good for now. Wisdom makes a decision that's good for the future. And so that was the commendation. That's the wisdom that Jesus was commending there in that parable of Luke 16 when he commended that unjust steward because for the first time he was thinking ahead. Now think about this. If he had been embezzling all those years together uh, combined and he basically had nothing to show for it, no savings, nothing to where when he was called on the carpet where he had anything to go forward on, He'd obviously been just consuming everything that he had earned or stolen in more accurate terms, yet now he was thinking ahead. And that's what Jesus was commending him for was the shift of his focus. He wasn't just focused on the moment, focused on the now. He was focused on his future. 
And so this is huge. It's a huge shift, and Jesus commends it. And then he goes to the next statement of Luke 16. He, he says, now, if you're not going to be faithful with that which is least, how will you be faithful with that which is much? He said, if you're unfaithful with that which is least, then you'll be unfaithful with that which is much. If you won't be faithful with that which is another man's, why would you be faithful with that which is your own? That's the lesson of the story. And then he drops this bomb. Are you ready, men? He says, how then would you be found worthy to handle the true riches? In other words, if we don't handle the unrighteous mammon, the just money, you know, which he called unrighteous mammon, if we don't handle that with good stewardship and wisdom, then why would he entrust into our hands, our possession, our control, the true riches? Now, wow, that's that's a lesson. It's a powerful lesson. It's all in Luke 16. But, you know, that's kind of a, a reason I had it in my heart to dig into this in the Marksman uh, podcast is because if we're going to aim our life at Christ-likeness, you know, that's what the whole podcast is about, becoming more Christ-like. Well, one thing Jesus did for sure is he did not just make decisions that gratified the moment. Everything he did was for the future. In fact, let this sink in. Everything he did was for your future, my future, and the future of anyone who will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel that explains his love and proclaims his love and his pursuit and passion and courage to live the life that he lived, not one day for himself, but every day for you and I. He had everything to lose in that sense, but yet he said it's it's worth putting it all on the line because I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get my family back. I'm going to get my lost brothers and sisters back. I'm going to get our father's family back. And so he said it's worth it. And that's why in Luke it says, as he carried the cross up the Via Della Rosa and people were weeping, mourning, ladies who were followed him in his ministry. And it's interesting, mostly the ladies were the ones that were there at the cross, except John, the only disciple who was found present at the cross. But as the, the weeping and the mourning of this gross betrayal of justice was taking place, the most innocent man who ever lived, the only innocent man who ever lived, was now being put on by a mock trial, an unfair justice, and now was condemned to death. And so all the sorrow made sense. All the sadness made sense. All the crying made sense. All the mourning made sense. And yet Jesus, through his bloodied face, said, don't weep for me. Don't weep for me. And one time I asked the Lord, what, because those those words just lifted off the page one time, and I said, what do you what do you mean don't weep for me and and the lord just whispered to my heart spoke clearly to me just like he will to you and he said because i'm getting exactly what i want <laughs> my goodness i'm getting exactly what i want and what is it that he wants men he wants you he wants me he wants anyone who will believe and trust the love that he has for them and that's why Hebrews 12 says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the what? The joy set before him. So stewardship, he was living for the future. He was living for the hope of one day you and I saying yes and receiving him as Savior and as Lord. And so 
Stewardship is huge. Now, we, we talked last week, you know, we talked about 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. I want to read this in the Amplified again as we begin to talk about kingdom stewardship, kingdom finances, because here's the good news, men. We're not limited to the, the financial flow of just a natural economy. Now, I'm in America. I'm not sure where you're at watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, but it makes no difference what nation you're in or I'm in because we do a lot of traveling. We travel outside this nation, and sometimes we have needs arise, and we're not in America. But that doesn't mean God's not limited to where we are because the kingdom, hallelujah, rules over all. Psalm 103, 19, and 20. His dominion and his kingdom rules over all. So no matter what nation we're in, no matter what economy we're under, we have the word of God, the promise of God and his love and his kingdom power that he's going to provide for us. He's He has seen ahead. He knows the need before we know the need. He knows the issue before we know the issue. And that's why Jesus said when he taught about prayer in Matthew 6, he said, you know, our Father knows what we have need of even before we ask. There's an important principle. Even though he knows, we still need to ask. But when we do ask, we don't ask from a standpoint of trying to convince him of, hey, I got a need here, God. I mean, I'm, I'm hurting down here, Lord. You know, No, we don't come at it from a standpoint of trying to make him aware of our need and our situation. Yet, we do need to talk to him about it. We do need to have the conversation. We do need to get into prayer, and we do need to ask, because that's what Jesus said. He knows what we need before we ask. <clears throat> An example I saw one time of this, or I actually had it told one time in a sermon, and the example made great sense as far as why do we need to ask. If he knows, why should we have to ask? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Most of them are legalities, and we might get into some of that as I give this illustration. But part of it is this. Just because I walk down the pew and I see it, maybe a lady's purse, and I see the, you know, like an open bag purse, you know, and I see the purse there, and I see the bag open, and I see, you know, a wad of $100 bills laying there, I have knowledge that those are there. I have knowledge of those, but that doesn't mean I have permission to grab one, or to use one, or to spend one. So my knowledge of the $100 does not give me legal right to touch it, to use it, to take it, to spend it. And in the same way, God might have knowledge of my need, but if he's going to get involved, I need to be willing to ask him. I need to be willing to have the conversation. Again, not from the standpoint of introducing him to my need, but from the standpoint of saying we're in relationship, we're in covenant relationship, and this is the need I have, and I know you know about it, but I'm asking right now for provision for this uh, utility bill. I'm asking provision to to help my daughter get a car. I'm asking provision to uh, help my kids um, get the education, go to trade school, go to university, uh, go to whatever training they need to get. Um, you know, whatever the need is, as men we face. You know, to to take my wife on a wonderful, wonderful anniversary trip, uh, take my family on vacation. Um, so it's not all just serious stuff, you know, um, paying bills and and buying cars and go, you know, sometimes God wants to uh, give us things we enjoy. God gives us richly, freely all things to enjoy. 
says that Paul's writing to Timothy. So, Second Corinthians nine. Let's let's look at this. This was our foundation text, but that legality was a huge part of. We got to have the conversation. We got to be willing to talk to God about what our need is, our financial need, our material need, because again, He's interested. He knows about it. He wants to be involved in every detail of my life and your life. But we got to be willing to get Him involved. And that means there's going to have to be a conversation. We're going to have to go to him. We're going to have to sit down with him. We're going to have to spend some time with him and talk about our situation. And then know what his word says. Know what his will is. Know what his promise is. And in conversation, talk about it. Amen? And we're going to get into, uh, like I mentioned last week, what I call a kingdom grant. So we're going to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of that, uh, at least beginning today. We won't get through it, but we're going to kind of introduce it here in just a minute. But let's read 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. This is the Amplified. It says, God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come to you in abundance. That's right, come to you. In abundance, so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need is, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. That's the Amplified Classic of Second Corinthians 9, verse 8. God is able. He's able to make all grace abound towards you. And if you were listening last week, if you missed it, we talked about why is it by grace and through faith? Because Romans 4, 16, if you read it in the Amplified, God set it up this way so that the promise that he made to Abraham and he made to us through Abraham by faith, he wanted that promise to be stable, valid, and guaranteed. Say those with me, men. Stable, valid, and guaranteed. That's what he wanted the promise to be, and that's why it's by grace, a gift, and through faith, receiving what he has promised and what he has said he would do. And so getting a little bit further into the kingdom grant thinking, um, and there's kind of a play on the word grant, but let's just talk about it a little bit here, because it's going to involve that conversation that I said earlier, you know, God may know about the need like Jesus taught about in Matthew 6, he knows what we need of before we ask. So this whole idea of something being granted, that's the conversation I was referring to. So let's get a little bit further into the meat of it. John 16 and 23. John 16 and 23. I'm going to read this again in the Amplified Classic. It says, And when that time comes, when you will ask of me, he's talking to his disciples at the moment, because he was talking about a shift that was going to take place. So let me pick it up again. John 16, 23, Amplified Classic. And when that time comes, you will ask of me nothing. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you, and I most solemnly tell you, that my Father will grant whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am. Did you catch it? Did you catch that word in there? Grant. When we pray, he was talking about, because see, they saw him. 
And their, their conversations were directly with the man, Jesus. But he was talking about going away. But he was going to go away, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And he said, when I go away, you're going to keep the conversation going, but you're going to talk to the Father directly yourselves. Just like he talked to the Father, and that's why in Matthew 6, he gave the big explanation because they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because the way he talked to God, the way he conversed with God as our Father was something they they wanted to they wanted to understand they wanted to know what that was all about and so he explained it there in Matthew 6 and and of course Luke records it as well but here's what he was saying the shift was taking place to where they were going to now have conversation with God directly and that's what John 16:23 is explaining that shift and I love in the amplified it uses that word grant God's going to grant it so look at listen again now. See if you hear it this time. John sixteen twenty three. When that time comes, you will ask of me. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you that my Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name, as presenting all that I am. Praise God. He will grant you. When you ask in my name. So when we ask in the name of Jesus, we're asking in the authority of his righteousness, not our own. It's like that prodigal son that came home. The father put the robe back on him, put a ring back on his hand and shoes on his feet. That ring meant, son, you can go to town and buy whatever you want. Put that put that ring signet into the the wax when they would make transactions in the market and that family crest would guarantee that bills paid so that ring represented authority that ring represented the family name the the family reputation the family integrity so when we pray in the name of Jesus it isn't like abracadabra you know hocus you know lord genie in the bottle do what i ask no, 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 no. And I know that was a little facetious there, but you, you get the point. And I know you know that, but this is important. This is covenant language. And this is Jesus saying, I love how the Amplified says, the Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name. And I love how the Amplified breaks that out as presenting all that I am. So when you say in the name of Jesus, and you, you wrap up your prayer, and you conclude your prayer, anything that you've declared, anything that you've decreed, anything that you've prophesied, anything that you've requested and offered supplication over, anything that you've interceded over and into, in the name of Jesus, that's what he's understanding is we are presenting all that he is. Hallelujah. And you know, heaven's going to back Jesus. I said, heaven's going to back Jesus. And that's why he commanded us to go forth, preach in his name, cast out devils in his name, raise the dead in his name. Amen. In his name, heaven is there with all its power. Even angels are working to back the integrity, the family reputation, the family integrity. And that's important. You realize this is about reputation God's got a reputation. And when you present all that Jesus is into a situation because you know it's his will, 
You know it's his will that person be healed. You know it's his will that that bill be paid. You know it's his will that that need be supplied. You know it's his will that we do this, that we go there, that we buy this, that we have this, whatever the situation is. Once you know it's his will and his word is his will, and you say in the name of Jesus, you're putting forth the family reputation. You're putting forth the family's integrity. You're putting forth the family's um, character. Amen. The name of Jesus. Now look at Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven twenty four. Another important verse as we continue to talk about a kingdom grant. A kingdom grant. And again, I know it's kind of a play on words, but I think it's making a point. It'll it'll help us connect with the one who has provided. If you missed it last week, we talked extensively about God's willingness to get involved. And one of the verses I gave you was Romans 8.32, where it says, if he did not withhold Jesus, then he's not going to withhold anything that we need. It says, how then would he not also freely give us all things? How would he not freely give us all all things. If he didn't withhold Jesus, he's not withholding anything good. So if it's being withheld, then we need to understand there's another, something else is going on. It's not God withholding it, but if it's being withheld, then we need to take our authority. And that's going to be probably something we get into maybe in our next podcast about how to take authority over the enemy. But right now we're dealing with first God's willingness to get involved, his willingness to, to grant it, and how do we pray? How's the conversation go? What are some scriptures we can use in conversation with God regarding our material needs, our physical needs, you know, as a husband, as a father, just as a man, as a Christian? How do we receive from God? <clears throat> how does God work with us and how do we work with him? So again, Mark eleven twenty four, Amplified Classic again. For this reason, I'm telling you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe Trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. I know you caught it that time. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, because what he had just did is he had left Jerusalem the day before and he spoke to a fig tree. You can read about it in Mark 11. And he just said, no man eat fruit of you from, from now on forever. And he just said it. And it's, the Bible says his disciples heard it. And so the next day they're, they're walking by, you know, 24 hours later, and Peter notices fig trees dried up from the roots. And he says, Master, the fig tree you cursed has dried up. And Jesus didn't go, whoa, it worked. No, <laughs> he didn't say that. He just simply said, guys, have faith in God. And he said, I say to you, whatever, if you were to, and he pointed to a mountain, they were in a mountainous region. And he said, any one of you will say to this mountain and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say. And you command that mountain to be removed and cast into the sea. It'll obey you. And then verse 24, what we're reading here is what he said next. For this reason, that faith in God, how I many of you got a material need? You got to have faith in God. If you have a financial need, you got to have faith in God. And what do, we, what do we do with that faith? How do we express it? How do we release it? How do we connect in, in faith and prayer and conversation with God? How do we receive from what is provided in the kingdom into this realm? Amen. So that's what we're talking about. 
hope this conversation is helping. Hoping, hoping this teaching is is helping. So we're just going to go a little bit further here. We got a little bit of time left here today. But Mark eleven twenty four amplified says, "For this reason, Jesus said, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe." And I love the amplified. It says, "Trust and be." confident. Man, that's important. Trust and be confident. What? Specifically says, trust and be confident it's granted. So it's not just a random trust, a random confidence. Very specifically, Jesus said, trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Praise God. Now, don't forget verse 25. He says, therefore, when you pray, forgive. <laughs> if you have aught in your heart against any, that your heavenly Father will forgive. The only qualifier he gave besides believing is to make sure that you're a man of mercy. Make sure you're a man of forgiveness. That's why he says in Ephesians 6, uh, in the Holy Scriptures, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, it says, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. So we need to make sure that we're a man of mercy uh, in our home, with our marriage, with our children, with ourselves. We need to be a man of mercy. So that was one of the only other qualifier he really gave besides believing that it's granted. So I want you to say that with me. Believe that it's granted. That's what Jesus asked you to believe. If you're going to pray about it and you're going to talk to God about it, then you need to be confident and you need to, need to trust Jesus' words. You need to trust that it's granted. Now, just because we are putting kind of a play on words here with this word grant, Let me just read you just a basic dictionary definition of a grant. A grant is a sum of money or its provision provided by a government, a local authority, or a public fund to finance educational study overseas. uh, I'm sorry, educational study, overseas aid, building repairs, etc. So that's just a basic, you know, Webster's Dictionary definition of granted. Grant, a sum of money, provision, provided by a government, a local authority, uh, you could even say an inheritance, or a public fund to finance educational study, overseas aid, building repairs, etc. Example they gave, students are able to attend college because of a grant. Now, how many believe that what Romans 8.32 says, that if Jesus did, or if God did not withhold Jesus, he's not withholding anything good that we need? Uh, Philippians 4.19, God will supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That sounds like a grant. That sounds like a governmental grant. And then you read 2 Corinthians 5, we are called ambassadors for Christ. The Bible is very specific in its language, and it helps us think right. It helps us look at life right. And so when we realize that we have access to what heaven has granted, what the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven has granted, and our faith in his grace can make the connection and make the transfer, then, man, we need to get into a conversation with God, and we need to understand some of these verses, these truths, that will give us a platform for that conversation. Like, if let's just say you were given the opportunity you know, to go to someone that you know 
they had the finances, you know, like that old, well, it's probably still a show, uh, Shark Tank. You know, they go in and they have this business idea, this entrepreneurial idea, and they're going to go stand in front of all these different investors that got the moolah, they got the money, they're just looking for good things to invest in, good things to put their money in that's going to give them back a return. And so they present their ideas. Well, how I many they don't go in there just willy-nilly. They don't just go in there, well, I'll figure out what I want to say when I get there. No, they go in with a presentation, right? That's just on a natural level, just natural stuff, how to build a a meat grinder or a whatever, <laughs> just, you know, a new clothing line or something that just doesn't even matter in the scheme of eternity. And yet there they go in so prepared, so ready to present their uh, investment opportunity to those men and women that had, you know, the, the finances to back it, to underwrite it, to get it off the ground, get it in production, get it into uh, some sort of creation and manufacturing. Well, how much more when we go to the creator of heaven and earth, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father, this day there is daily provision. And I want to talk to you about some of the things that I'm dealing with today. And how many we can just go right into a conversation and we can have some of these truths I'm giving to you today about a kingdom grant. And you can go in with confidence in prayer. You can go in with confidence to present to your heavenly Father, our Father, you can present the need with confidence, and you can believe like Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four amplified, believe and be confident and trust that it's granted. How many of those guys in Shark Tank, when they say, I'm in, I'll do it, I'm in on it, how many of that person, they get excited like, woohoo, yeah, baby, I'm, this thing is off the ground, this thing's got money behind it, it's going to go into production, we're into business today. Well, how many know if we believe, like Jesus said, to believe, and we trust and we're confident that when we ask anything according to his will, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, 1 John 5, there's a little homework for you. Go look up 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and you read what it says. Because here's what it talks about. When you know you've asked anything according to his will, you know that he's heard you. And if you know that he's heard you, you know you have. And that's that word, granted. It's granted. So a grant is to give and to bestow or to confer. And a heavenly grant, of course, is going to come from the kingdom of heaven. Now, man, I hope this conversation has helped today, this little short teaching about a kingdom grant, just talking about kingdom finances, kingdom stewardship, and uh, just how to work with God, how to pray, how to have that conversation, how to present our needs to God in a way that not only do we come scripturally, but we come away knowing that we've received what we went in and asked for. How do we come before the throne of grace? How do we obtain that mercy and find grace to help? Well, that's part of what we were talking about today. We're going to pick up the conversation again next week. So I hope we can uh, see you again. Hopefully we can... uh, have you together with us around the table. Maybe if you're just listening on an audio version of this podcast, I want you to please make plans to be with us and share this podcast. 
Share this podcast with your friends, your your coworkers, your friends at church, your friends in the neighborhood, just those guys you're doing life with who are pressing into Christ-likeness. They're pressing into what being a Christ follower is all about. Hopefully this conversation will be a blessing to them. I'm just so glad that you're a part of the Marksman uh, podcast. And so I want to just say thank you. I want to hear from you. I want you to send me an email. Let me know what this podcast is doing for you. Just email me at spellmanministries at gmail.com, S-P-E-L-L-M-A-N, our last name, spellmanministries, plural, at gmail.com, and let us know what you want to talk about on the podcast. Let us know questions you got that you'd like to discuss. Let us hear a testimony. Go ahead and just brag on the Lord. Tell us what the Lord's doing in your life. And if you have a prayer request, make sure you let us know what that is so that our family and I can be praying for you personally if you just communicate with me and send me an email. Again, spellmanministries at gmail.com. Now, those of you that are watching on the video, um, you'll see here I'm going to put in our sign-off signature sound. And uh, look, it's going to be a great day, men. I just want you to know I've been praying for you, and I'm going to be praying for you, and hopefully you can join me next week as we dig further into the great truths of God's ability to provide for all of our needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 